Hi everyone, my name is the Senator and I'm crazy about books. I love reading them aloud, but my brothers can only sit still for about 20 seconds before they just run off or start screaming and wrestling. So I've decided to share my love of reading with you guys. I hope that you enjoy. Hello, all ye random people who I do not know the names of. Welcome back to Crazy About Books Podcast for Chapter 20 of Keeper of the Lost Cities, a book by Shannon Messenger. Chapter 20 He's a mesmer, Marilla told her the next day during lunch. Why? I don't know. It's weird that he won't tell me, isn't it? Sophie asked. It's Grady and Adeline. Everything about them is weird. I still can't believe you're living with them. Are they adopting you? I don't know. What exactly is a mesmer? She asked, changing the subject to something that didn't make her nauseated. Wow, you really don't know anything, do you? Never mind. I'm just teasing. Sheesh. A mesmer can put you in a trance and make you do anything they want while you're in it. It's rare, but not as rare as inflicting. She really didn't want to have to ask another stupid question, but curiosity won out. And inflicting is... When someone makes you feel things, makes you laugh, makes you cry, causes you incredible pain, whatever they want, it's extremely rare. I only know of one, and he's on the council, but there might be another. Your history mentor would know. Sophie cringed at the word history. She'd had her first session with Lady Dara this morning, and it was... Strange. Impossible pictures flashed across the walls during the entire lecture. Elves using telekinesis to help the buildings build the pyramids, a tidal wave swallowing Atlantis, an army of hairy brown dwarves hollowing out the Himalayas to build the sanctuary. But the strangest part was Lady Dara. She kept losing her train of thought every time she, her eyes met Sophie's. Then she'd mumple something about history in the making and return to the lecture. It totally creeped Sophie out. Hey, did you hear? Marilla interrupted. Sir Tyrkin's back. Who's he? She asked, relieved she remembered to lie. Only one of, only like the most famous telepathy mentor ever. He retired when he found, when his friend Prentice ended up in exile. It was like a protest or something. Prentice? She tried not to sound too interested, but she'd been dying to know more about him since Alden told her the information was classified. Yeah, he's he was this super talented telepath, but he got exiled like 12, 12 years ago. How do you get exiled? You have to break a fundamental law. The council holds a tribunal, and if you're found guilty, they lock you away deep underground for the rest of eternity. Marilla shrugged. I don't know what he did, but I think it had to do with him being a keeper. It was It had to be pretty bad for the council to ruin his life especially since it ruined his family's life, too. His wife died in a fluke leaping, ap- leaping accident not long after, and his son, Wiley, was adopted by Tiergan. Sophie's lunch churned, it churned in her stomach as Quinlan's words flashed through her mind. So this is why Prentice sacrificed everything. Quinlan had also implied that she was a keeper. So if Prentice was a keeper, could that mean they were related? Could he be her father? The pieces fit. Abandoning abandoning a child was illegal for humans. She doubt it was any less of a crime here. And if Prentice was a talented telepath, maybe he was a washer. 
Maybe he could alter the minds of two human parents and make them believe the child was theirs. But why? He didn't get rid of Wiley, so why dump her? Was there something that wrong with her? Unless it had something to do with her eye color, or the way her brain worked. Do you know Wiley? Sophie asked quietly. She doubted she'd be brave enough to meet someone who could be her brother, but she was still curious. Morella shook her head. He's in the elite level, so he's secluded from the rest of us in the elite towers. We're not allowed to go over there and interrupt their studies. Sophie couldn't decide if she was disappointed or relieved. Most likely, he didn't know anything. No one else seemed to, except Alden, and he wasn't telling. She'd have to figure it out on her own. She sorted through the scrambled bits of information in her brain, searching for the clue that would finally piece things together. You okay? Marilla asked, reminding her she wasn't alone. Yeah, sorry. She tried to sound casual when she asked her next question. Have you ever heard of something called Project Moonlark? Marilla frowned. Is that a sanctuary effort to rescue moonlarks? I have no idea. I heard someone. I heard it somewhere, and I didn't know what it was. I thought you might know. She tried to find out more, but Grady never brought the scrolls home again, and she was too afraid to search the house. What if they caught her and kicked her out? Nope, never heard of it, but I doubt it's anything interesting. I know everything cool that goes on here. Marella opened a can of strawberry-flavored air and took a deep breath of the pink fumes that spritzed around her. She licked her lips. Want some? Sophie shook her head, deciding to shove the disturbing questions to the dark corner of her eye, where she'd pushed everything else that was too painful to think about. She had to deal with already. Worried about your next session? Marilla asked. Sophie nodded. Dex's warning about Lady Galvin failing prodigies had her terrified. It didn't help when Marilla smirked and said, Yeah, good luck with that. That bad? Uh, yeah. Lady Galvin only mentors for the title. Being good at alchemy isn't the same as having a special ability, so unless she wanted to run some crazy apocryphy like the Disney's, it was mentor or nothing. She hates it, and she takes it out on her prodigies. But who knows? Maybe you'll become her new star pupil. The words would have been encouraging if Marilla hadn't burst into a hysterical fit of giggles after that. She was still cracking up when the bells chimed their intricate melody. Maybe Sophie was imagining it, but the tone sounded ominous. The wide, round alchemy room smelled like burning hair, and the walls were lined with curved shelves. Half were filled with tiny pots of ingredients, and the other half was filled with what Sophie thought were trophies, but up close she realized they were just random gilded items. Hats, books, pieces of fruit, a pair of curved, pointy-toed shoes that looked suspiciously like the ones she'd grown up believing elves wore. It was like King Midas had come through and turned everything he touched to gold. In the center of the room held two, temp two empty lab tables, one gleaming silver, the other sleek and black, and the strangest experiment Sophie had ever seen. Lady Galvin wasn't there, so she dropped her stuff on a table and took a closer look at the giant bubble hovering over a ring of fire on the floor. Milky liquid filled the bubble, dancing up and down to the rhythm of the flames. Step back, Lady Galvin shouted, rushing over to in a rustle of fabric. She yanked Sophie away. Do you have any idea what that is? She looked Sophie up and down and rolled her eyes. No, I suppose you don't. Lady Galvin was slender and wore her red-brown hair in an updo so tight and full of twists, it gave Sophie a headache just looking at her. 
Her cape was hunter green and made of a silky fabric decorated with emeralds sewn in elaborate patterns. It swished with the slightest movement. It's alkahaste, she announced, the universal solvent. It can only be stored in a bubble of itself because it dissolves everything else. Wood, steel, flesh. So if we back just another step away. Is that what we're making today? Lady Galvin sighed the way dad, Sophie's dad used to do when he was doing his taxes. It's the second hottest substance for an alchemist to make. Don't you know anything about alchemy? I guess not, she admitted. It probably wouldn't be wise to ask what the hardest substance to make was, even though she was curious. All I ask for is a decent prodigy, and what do I get? Lady Galvin stalked across the room to one of the shelves. I should be teaching masters to turn living matter into gold, not little girls who don't know the difference between a tincture and a poultice. Dame Alina probably thinks it's funny forcing me to teach basic serums. Well, I won't have it. She removed a yellowed card from a small box, grabbed an empty flask, a few jars of ingredients, and a long twisted silver spoon from the shelves and turned to Sophie. This serum is the first step to turn glass into iron. I'll be, I'll have you transmuting metals if I have to walk you through it, step by step. Sophie glanced at the recipe. The chemical formula didn't look too hard. The ingredients weren't familiar, but the jars were labeled, and there was only two simple instructions. Lady Galvin fiddled, fiddled with her cape and rolled her eyes as Sophie checked and rechecked each amount to be sure she wasn't making any mistakes. When she felt confident she had it right, she poured everything into the flask. Then she plunged the spoon in and whipped the liquid the same way she learned to whip cream. Don't! Lady Galvin shouted, rushing forward to stop her. A second too late. The liquid fizzed and rumbled. Sophie jumped out of the way, just as a sticky gray jelly exploded all over Lady Galvin's exquisite cape. Sophie watched in horror while the sludge dissolved the luxurious fabric. I'm so sorry. She reached for the damaged cape to see if there was anything she could do to salvage it, but Lady Galvin grabbed her hand to stop her. That's when she noticed the red welt on the back of Sophie's wrist, where some of the slime caught her. She sighed. But I head back to the healing center. Yes, ma'am. Sophie was hardly eager to see another doctor, but Lady Galvin looked ready to murder someone. She rushed, rushed to retrieve her satchel. Should I come back here afterward? No! Sophie, Sophie slung toward the door. Okay, see you next week? Lady Galvin's face darkened, and she turned away, muttering something under her breath about incompetence. Sophie stumbled through the halls, the panic making it hard to think straight. Would Lady Galvin flunk her? Should she use the imparter to call Alden to see if he could help? You must be lost. The boy's deep voice brought her out of her trance. He wore a green level four uniform and was sprawled across a bench, watching her with curious, ice-blue eyes. She blinked, noticing the hallways were stark white now. How did you know? He smirked. It's the middle of session. Either you're lost or you're ditching, and clearly you're not ditching. Why couldn't I be ditching? She asked, not exactly sure why she was arguing. Are you? No, she admitted. His lips twisted into a crooked grin. You're the new girl, aren't you? She sighed and nodded. I'm Keith. Sophie, but I'm sure you already know that.
He laughed. You may be the biggest news to hit the Academy since the Great Gulan incident three years ago. Which, by the way, I had nothing to do with. He flashed a slightly wicked smile. But that's not a bad thing. Personally, I've always enjoyed being the center of attention. She didn't doubt that. From his disheveled blonde hair to the way he'd rolled up his sleeves and left his shirt untucked, she could tell he was cool. Probably popular, too. So why was he talking to her? She almost asked him, but stopped herself at the last second. Where are you supposed to be? She asked instead. The universe. I ditch whenever I can. Lady Belva has the worst crush on me. I mean, I can't really blame her. He gestured to himself. But still, it's awkward, you know? She was 90% certain he was joking, but he was also very good-looking. She was sure at least half the girls in school had a crush on him. And now I get to meet the mysterious new girl, he added. So I'd say ditching paid off pretty well. She felt herself blush and hoped he didn't notice. I'm hardly mysterious. I don't know. You won't tell me why you're not in session. Don't think I haven't noticed. She stared at her feet. That's because it's too embarrassing. I love embarrassing, he laughed when she stayed silent. Will you at least tell me where you're supposed to be? She sighed. Alchemy with Lady Galvin? Ugh, she's the worst. I had her as a level three, and she hated me. Probably because I turned the lab table to silver, but she said me she wanted me to impress her. He winked. Still, I wouldn't mention we were friends if I were you. Friends? Since when did cool, cute boys want to be her friend? Not that she was complaining. So what? Did Lady Galvin kick you out or something? He asked. Kind of. Now this I have to hear. You're going to laugh at me. Probably, he agreed. He clearly wasn't going to let it go, so she kept her eyes glued to the floor. I accidentally exploded the serum I was making. Right on cue, he burst into laughter. Did you do any damage? Only to her cape. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you have any idea how epic that is? That cape is her pride and joy. Did she send you to Dame Alina's office? No, she sent me to the healing center. A little of it got on my hand. She glared at the ugly red welt. He studied her for a second, then shook his head. Wow. Most girls would be crying about a wound like that. Most guys, too. Even I'd be playing it up for sympathy and stuff. It must look worse than it is. Still, don't you think you should get it treated? I guess. He laughed again. You just turned whiter than these walls. What's wrong? Nothing. There was no way she was telling him about her doctor phobia. She'd never hear the end of it. Come on, then. I'm taking you to the healing center so you don't get lost again. He hooked his arm through hers and dragged her away before she could resist. The healing center consisted of three rooms. A treatment area with four empty beds, a huge laboratory with a strange, where strange alchemy instruments were brewing, and the physician's personal office, where a familiar face sat at an enormous desk covered in paperwork. Sophie? Owen asked. I figured I'd have to drag you back here to check on you. I know, she said, very aware of the way Keefe had cocked his head toward her. I have a tiny burn I need you to treat. No big deal. Well, let me check it out. As he got up, a slinky gray creature hissed and scurried across the floor. Don't mind Bullhorn, Owen said as Sophie backed against the door. He's harmless. 
Bullhorn looked like a demented ferret with beady purple eyes. What is he? A banshee. Adorable, isn't he? Uh, sure. Bullhorn snapped at her ankles. Keith laughed. What brings you here today, Keith? Elwyn asked. Just helping a fellow prodigy, sir. Elwyn grinned. I noticed you had to miss your session to do it. I know, such a shame, he sighed dramatically. But Sophie needed help, so what could I do? What indeed, and I suppose we'll be wanting a pass to excuse you? What a good idea. You always have been one to seize an opportunity, Elwin handed Keith a slip of paper. Session won't be over for another half an hour, so I'd walk slow if I were you. Oh, I can't leave yet. Not until I know Sophie will be okay. Mm-hmm. So where's the burn? he asked Sophie. She wanted to be brave in front of Keith, but her arms still shook when Elwyn pulled his funny glasses on and flashed a blue orb of light around her hand. Elwyn frowned. This looks like an acid burn. How did you manage that? Um, slight accident in my alchemy session. Keith mimed a huge explosion, complete with sound effects. Destroyed Galvin's cape. Elwyn dropped her hand, cracking up. Wish I could have seen that. Sorry, he added when he caught her scowl. Have a seat so I can treat it. He had Sophie sit on one of the beds and grabbed a small jar from one of the shelves. She tried to stay calm as he rubbed purple salve onto the burn, but Keith saw her flinch. Out of curiosity, Owen asked, how did you explode the serum? I'm not sure. I measured everything twice and added it in the order I was supposed to, but when I whipped it, it exploded. Whipped it? Keith interrupted. Yeah. At first I thought it said WAP, but I figure I read it wrong, so I whipped it. Ellen and Keith both burst into hysterical laughter. WAP means wash hands and present, Keith managed to explain between laughs. Oh. She was officially an idiot. Why didn't she ask for clarification? Ellen cleared his throat. It's an honest mistake. Could have happened to anyone. It didn't. It happened to her. She knew she wasn't going to live this down any time soon. This is going to be epic, Keith said, confirming her fear. I can't wait for tomorrow. She sighed. At least that made one of them. Okay, that's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.